listening to Hope Signals, the podcast of Mark and Susan Mason, founders of Life on the Verge. You can learn more about us at lifeontheverge.com. I want to talk to you just for a minute. I want to ask you this question. What are you looking for? What are you looking for in life? Or better yet, are you even looking? Um, I read today in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, Scripture says, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. You know, I find it that many people aren't willing to do the hard work it takes to, to discover the awesome thing God, things God has concealed. I recently talk about this in my new book, Thrival Mode, Using the Power of Vision to Ignite Your Passion for Living, available on Amazon, unapologetic plug. It's only three bucks, come on. Uh, the concept of vision is all about developing a mental picture of what you want to have, what you want to do, and who you want to be. Vision is just a mental picture of what do you want to have in life, what do you want to do with your life, and who do you want to be in life? Sounds simple, right? But most people aren't willing to do the hard work it takes to define those things for themselves, to seek out the things that God has hidden in them, in their hearts, who he made them to be. Um, you know, I was watching Family Feud last night, of all things, and uh, Steve Harvey was on there. And I, for some reason, I was looking at him. He was standing next to one of the contestants, and he looked like he was towering over her. So I got my phone in my hand. I'm like, okay, I'm going to Google uh, Steve Harvey how, 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 height. And it uh, turns out he's apparently only 6'1". She must have been kind of short. Uh, but that led me to his Wikipedia pages where I found some stuff um, that he uses this thing called vision boards. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I, I guess I use those too. You know, in my office, I got a picture of the map of the United States that I put up long before I realized that, we, we, well, I got a vision for traveling the country and uh, broadcasting hope wherever we go. But I had no idea how to start, but I put the map on the wall so that I could pray over it. And then not so long ago, I, I printed out a couple of pictures of the RV that we were believing God for, um, the specific model and brand of RV that we were believing God for to travel in for our ministry. I put a couple of pictures on a board in my office, you know, just so I could look at it and with some scriptures beside it. And I'd pray over it. And uh, I began, that just triggered my memory every day to, hey, yeah, once you search those online, and they were way out of our price range. But we went from like zero to having one in three days. That's a long story. Well, we believed God for over two years for it, but it happened in like three days. How it unfolded was nothing short of supernatural. But one thing's for sure, I can't guarantee that that's always going to happen for you. But one thing's for certain it never would have happened if we hadn't had a vision for what we wanted to have for our ministry, if we couldn't articulate it to ourselves so we could articulate the need and the vision to other people. But lots of folks aren't willing to do that. So Steve Harvey, he's, then I looked at a video of him talking about vision boards, and uh, he's instructing the audience to sit down and write out a list of 300 things that you want to have or do in life. He said, you know, you're going to get stuck around 75. Now, just, just think about that, the work that it takes to sit down and write out 300 things. And I don't think that's a magical figure. Some people can't write out 10 things that they really want to have and do and be. And... Uh, and be very specific about it. You know, when you get your mind wrapped around something, you get a vision for something, your, your mind goes to work. Your heart gets engaged. And all of a sudden, what 
could be, should be, becomes must be, and you begin to labor towards that thing. Uh, But it begins with vision, which is something I think is often the thing that God has concealed in us that we got to go digging for. Isn't it amazing the things that God has hidden, even in the earth? You know, I've often used the illustration of sand. Who knew uh, after, you know, thousands or however you believe, millions or billions of years or whatever, um, that there, sand was always there? But it wasn't until, I, I think, around the 50s that somebody discovered, oh, guess what? Sand has quartz in it. Uh, it silicon ha- has quartz in it. And I'm, pr- I'm not a chemist, so I'm probably getting all that wrong. But it has the elements in it to make miniature microchips. It has the the elements to make the conductors that are making your telephone and your computer and this microphone work hidden in sand. Imagine all the things that are hidden if we'll just seek them out. But I'm speaking chiefly today about the vision that God has hidden in you, the purposes, the things he's prepared for you. You know, Ephesians 2.10, I think it is, says uh, that we're God's workmanship, that he created us with things in advance for us to do. He's prepared things in advance for us to do. That's one of my biggest fears in life, to be honest, if you want to call it a fear, concerns, um, is that, you know, I'm not going to fulfill my potential. There were things that God had for me, and I just didn't have enough faith to go after those things, to explore those things, to even get a vision for it. You know, it doesn't cost anything to get a vision other than your time and and uh, maybe some mental capacity, but you don't have to have money to get a, a vision, a picture in your mind of what you would choose to have and do and be. And so I just want to encourage you today to, to go in search of those things. You know, a couple of places that are good starting points. Um, One, if you're dissatisfied, uh, you're unhappy in your your life's work, in what you're doing, your station in life, Uh, you, you don't get up passionate about moving into every day with purpose, and you don't find a lot of joy and fulfillment in your work. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That can be the catalyst for pursuing change and fresh vision. Someone has said change happens when the pain of staying where you are is greater than the pain of change. So, you know, maybe you can't jump straight from one thing to the next, but you can start imagining, you can start getting a vision for where you would rather be and start to investigate that and work towards that thing. And dissatisfaction is sometimes a launching pad to do that. Another thing you need to do is search your heart and your memory banks. You know, solitude is not a bad thing, by the way. We're so inundated with information today, we can't sit still for two minutes without checking our Facebook. Sometimes it's good to just sit alone and with your own thoughts, you know, I heard someone define solitude is when you're alone with your mind free from the input of other minds, where you just really begin to dig and meditate and, and, and think about the, the things you enjoyed in life, those moments where you did experience fulfillment, and ask yourself, man, if I could do that every day, then I'd have more passion in life. And you, that, that's kind of a seedbed of, of vision is when you find yourself dissatisfied and not not that you're not thankful you know I guess we should start there that you're thankful for what God has already given you and done for you and realize he doesn't owe you anything but he's promised you everything and so that's a starting point um, is dissatisfaction and then searching your heart um, searching your memory banks go back to you know when you were a teenager what did you want to do and be in life 
You know, what, what did you want to have in life? You know, for me, um, I remember I, I bought my first guitar when I think I was uh, 13 years old. I saved up 31 bucks from babysitting my little cousin. And uh, I went to Kmart and I bought me, a, 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 I think it was like a Stratocaster copy, but it was clearly a piece of junk for 31 bucks, you can imagine. And I learned a couple of little things. My co- Another cousin showed me and then I broke a string and then I quit. And I didn't pick it up again until I was uh, 16, I guess. Then I was more serious about it. I met a, a friend of mine uh, named Keith who lived across the street from me, and he invited me into his home one day, went into his bedroom, and he had like five guitars hanging on the wall, and he was just the coolest cat ever. And I thought, man, this, yeah. And by then I had an album collection, you know, and and we formed a band. We called ourselves Electric Angel uh, that's not original, by the way. I think we ripped that from a song by the Cars. But, uh, you know, we learned some Tom Petty and some early Rush off the first album, the song In the Mood. You old-timers will know that song. And we then we had a chick sing a, a, a couple of songs with us, and we did some Pat Benatar and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and we also learned the song Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. And then we got scheduled to play our first big gig. It was a talent show at Kempsville High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And by that time, I'd been kicked out of school, so it was really a task to get get permission to have me there. And I think I, I was 18 by then, or no, 17. And, uh, and so we got in there. I mean, that auditorium was packed. There was like 300 people, and uh, it was different talents there. We weren't the, the stars of the show, so to speak. Uh, but we got like our slot of 15 minutes or whatever, and we got up and played our songs. And I could, you know, I could play a little bit by then. You know, I was I was getting better. Uh, there's no real lead riff in uh, lead solo in that song, Breaking the Law, but I, I wrote one. And uh, when it got to that point, I stepped forward on the stage and I just bent one note and the crowd went crazy. And it was at that moment I was like, yes, I am in my zone. It wasn't a pride thing, and it wasn't a bad ego thing, I don't think. It was just a moment that I realized I had something to offer people that would move them in a positive direction. And man, isn't that awesome if we could discover those things in us? What do I possess? What skills or experiences or abilities do I possess that I could use to move other people in a positive direction? So search your heart and your memory banks. You know, I, I never let go of that dream. That was when I was 17 years old, and man, it's been a zigzag trail. But today, that's that's the, the main thing I get to do. I get to go to, you know, uh, 50 prisons a year and put on programs where I get to rip on the guitar and move people in a positive direction, namely toward the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so... Search your heart, search your memory banks. And, and the last one, which is really, really important, at least it has been to me, um, is prayer and petition. And that sounds elementary, I know, but, you know, in my case, I knew there was something there. You ever get that feeling like you just, you know there's more there. You know God's got more. He's not done with you. I tell inmates all the time, if you're still breathing, God's not done. He's got other things for you to do. It's our duty to seek them out. And one way we do that is through prayer and petition. Paul used that word petition. 
And a petition is kind of a detailed thing, isn't it? It's not something you just, th- it can be, I guess, you throw out there. But if you were putting together a petition for a pothole in your neighborhood uh, that you're going to appeal to the city council or whatever about, you'd write up a, a formal thing. And I've done that a couple of times. I heard a pastor years ago talk about doing that, where I've written up a formal petition of what I'm specifically believing God for. I've got one I found the other day that I did in 2010, and I put it in an envelope, and there's about 10 things on there, and at least eight of them have come to pass. I prayed over them on a regular basis. And so then there are those times where, you know, there's three things I I always pray for, and that is vision, provision, and opportunity. And I'll start with the first one, vision. I pray, God, let me see it. Let me see it. I know it's there, Lord. See, God is after relationship with us, fellowship with us. That's why he says, that we need to ask and keep on asking and seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking. That's what the amplified version of that verse says, by the way. Um, He wants us to have communication with him. And then when the fulfillment of the vision comes, we give glory to him because we know we did a small part, but God did the big part. And so dissatisfaction can be a great launching pad for uh, the next vision, seeking fresh vision, searching your heart out in your memory banks and, and asking yourself, is, is, do I feel like I'm doing what I was born to do? If I could, if I could do uh, anything, is this what it would be? Have, have enough faith to believe God that all things are possible. You know, I was, I guess I was in my 40s when uh, God, I almost put my, my vision of moving people with music like we do today, I almost sold all my equipment off, except for a couple of guitars I was going to hold on to. And God, in his grace, sent a man across my path. I'll give him a shout out. Jimmy Bratcher came to my church. And I thought, man, that that dude rocks. And he's old. Love you, Jimmy. Um, He's older than me, not much. But I thought, you know what? It's not about being a rock star. It's just about being able to take the things God put in me and give them to other people and move them toward the Lord or in a positive direction, right? And so uh, pray. Ask God to show you the vision. You know, I'll, I'll close with this. Not long before we launched Life on the Verge, I was getting pretty angry with God because I couldn't see it. I couldn't see how, you know. And uh, I was writing songs, but I had nowhere to sing them. And uh, I took a scripture, took a, a note from uh, Caleb in the Bible who had gone into the promised land uh, with uh, uh, Joshua, spied it out with all the other spies. And when they came back and, and told Moses, maybe you're familiar with this story, but um, 10 of the spies said, hey, that place is full of giants. They're going to kill us. We, we better not even try it. And But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, wait a minute, God's with us. We can, we can take it. Let's go. We've got God on our side. Well, the Israelites decided they were going to follow the other 10, and they ended up wandering the desert for 40 years until that whole generation died off. And then God said, go in and take the land. And Caleb is noted with saying the words, you know, I'm, I'm 85 years old, but I'm just as strong today as I was when we first spied the land out. Give me my mountain. I took that phrase, give me my mountain. I didn't even know what my mountain was, but what I meant was my vision. Help me see it. I took that phrase and I printed it out and I posted it all over my house. Everywhere I would go, the refrigerator, the mirror, the door going out, uh, the closet, everywhere that I could look. And every time I saw it, I would pray that prayer, God, give me my mountain. And little by little, he let me see. 
but I was seeking out the things that were concealed. I had no idea that that we would minister to, I don't know, probably 100,000 inmates by now in prisons all over the country. I had no idea how all that would happen. I just knew it was there, and gradually God gave us vision and provision and opportunity. So, hey, listen, it's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. And I believe if you're a believer, you're called a king in the book of Revelation. God wants to give you dominion over things in life. And so that's my prayer for you. Hey, thanks for for listening. Our whole purpose is to broadcast hope. And I I hope that uh, we've sent some signals of hope to you today. Thanks for listening.